0: Well, the Gonzaga Bulldogs are back out looking to add to their class of 2023. Joining me me today to break down the latest targets is Jason Jordan of Sports Illustrated right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. I would also like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. All right, it's been a quiet couple of weeks, uh, but it is nice to see the Zags back out looking for some new targets in the class of 2023. I know Gonzaga fans are eagerly awaiting to see if the class of 2023 is going to grow. They only had one player in 2022. That was, of course, Braden Huff. They only have one player so far in 2023. That is Dusty Stromer. But we saw the staff out talking to a handful of other players in that class we're going to start, Jason, with AJ Johnson, a player from Donda Academy, high-level point guard. I think you could pick just about any high-level program in the country, and they have at least showed some interest in this kid up to this point. What can you tell me about uh, what kind of player he is?
1: You know, the funny thing is, he's um, he and Jalen uh, Jalen Green are very very close, and so they, mm-hmm. so they call each other brothers. I actually thought they were brothers. They, they've been like they have the same build, yeah, and honestly, they have kind of the same. Kind of game if you really yeah. watch him, like very uh, both bring the wow factor, super athletic. Uh, definitely gonna um, have some sports center top 10 dunks off mm-hmm. the drive. Um, so you know, that's the best part about his game is the way he gets downhill, it's so ferociously mm-hmm. attacking the rim, super athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, six six long and wiry, and you know, he knocks down perimeter shots too. But I think he's at his best when he's getting downhill and getting to the rim and you know, spinning mm-hmm. off and finishing with creative acrobatic layups or just putting you on a poster, which is mm-hmm. one of his specialties. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really high on AJ. I think he's, um, I think he's, his, his stock is at an, at, at the height, but I think it could even go up even more. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's good. We've seen him as a top 20 ish guy uh, by yeah. most of the composite rankings out there. Uh, Kansas is interested Louisville's interested Creighton Texas the list again probably goes on and on there's many that I'm sure have checked in on him who aren't even on the list Um, any sense on on where he's thinking or what kind of program might be best suited for him obviously the Jalen Green comparison doesn't really help us because Green uh, didn't go out anywhere for college so uh, any kind of sense on where he's at
1: I don't think he's uh in a, I don't think the decision, you know, sure. I don't think he's in a position to say, he's, you know, I don't think he wants to make a decision right away. That's right. what I've been told. Like, I think he's going to go through the process. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously with the, he's a little different. Cause he'll have his pick of the litter. Sure. Um, you know I mean? I, th- I know he probably wants to go to a high octane offense um, where he sure. can kind of have a little bit of um religious liberties out there mm-hmm. on the offensive ends, especially. Mm-hmm. Um. So he probably wants to go somewhere where he has more freedom and, yeah, uh, able to get up and down, and you know, uh, get out and show mm-hmm. show his abilities in the open court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean that's where he's gonna thrive. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine, um, yeah, you know, that's you know that's what his summer his summer was full of that. And you know, yeah. Yeah, so certainly Adonda.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He's gonna have a little freedom there too.
0: <laughs> yep. It's interesting to see how that how that fits with Gonzaga, because certainly they have a high octane offense in the sense that they average more points per game than most teams in college basketball. But the freedom part is maybe a little bit less something that's guaranteed in Gonzaga's offense. We saw somebody like Jalen Suggs, who is probably the most similar player that Gonzaga's had, and they don't have a lot of guys like that all the often. Clearly, Suggs succeeded, but. I wonder if, if Johnson would look at Gonzaga as a place where yeah. his game would really thrive or not because I kind of see it going either way.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, they, and that's the, I was going to say, that's the example they would have to point to. Uh, sure. Look what we did with Jalen Suggs and like, yeah. how we developed him and it worked out really good for him, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's always good to be able to point to those examples because it does mm-hmm. help. Players mm-hmm. talk about that. They repeat that stuff to me when I talk to them. Sure. I mean, look what they did with Jalen Suggs. And, you know, that, Right, right, they, right. And it's rich. It's real. You know, real mm-hmm. is always the best selling point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wanted to move on to another target in 2023 that we saw the Zag show some interest in uh, all the way overseas in Australia. That's Alex yeah. Tuohy, uh, six 6'7", stretch four, a very talented guy. This will surprise yeah. absolutely zero of the Gonzaga fans listening to this. But St. Mary's has already showed some interest here. They have a very uh-huh. rich pipeline with Australian basketball players uh, too. He's at the global Academy over there in Australia. We saw Providence, we saw Iowa state. And then lately it looks like there's been some other, even more high major interest outside of just Gonzaga, Uh, obviously an international player. So I'm sure you haven't gotten to see him quite as much as some of the other players, but uh, what do you think about his game?
1: Yeah. More so seeing some of the games online. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but I've definitely seen him love him, love him from what I've seen. I know he averaged 17, nine and six. For the wow. Australian team in the global academy, so mm-hmm. um, but when I watched him, I mean, there's nothing he really can't do on mm-hmm. the floor. Like, I, he, I saw him run the one, I saw him come off screens. I thought, you know, he's an amazing playmaker, obviously. Um, but mm-hmm. at his height, six seven, six eight, mm-hmm. um, you could understand you watch him for a half and you understand why, uh, the high major blue bloods like you guys yeah. and everybody else, they're lining up, yeah, you know, drooling at the thought of landing him. Um, just because you he's one of those guys that you he's a safe guy on the floor. Meaning you put him on the floor and you mm-hmm. your offense feels safer because you know that yeah. at some point he's gonna touch it and think good things are gonna happen.
0: You right. Know? Re- that's
1: how good he is. And you know, but now we do we have to see it against our level of competition? Sure. I mm-hmm. think you need to see that more. Um, you know, to get a better gauge. I, I said the same thing with Tyrese Proctor at Duke, even though, you know, we saw some of that yeah. over on this side. But um yeah, that's always the – you know, is that a transferable skill against these guys over here mm-hmm. consistently playing against these guys over here? I think watching Alex, yes. I think yeah. watching Tyrese, yes, but we got to see it. Yeah. So um, I think we probably will in some, some, in some way over the next year.
0: Yeah. Well, that kind of leads into the next question that I had, which is about these kind of global academies in general. We've talked yeah. about international recruiting a handful of times on the show and certainly yeah. – certain coaching staffs that seem to be really good at identifying that talent overseas. Obviously, yep. Tommy Lloyd, uh, longtime for Gonzaga, was able to do that really well. I'm quite certain he's going to do it really well at Arizona as well. Um, but mm-hmm. when you're looking at a kid like Tui or even other international prospects or other prospects at these global academies, like how how much of a challenge is that not just for you as somebody who analyzes recruits, but also for coaching staffs? So obviously, many of them are flying out there, which gives them an advantage. But how difficult is that to really be able to look at a kid like this or, or like other ones similar to him and be like, this is going to translate immediately in the ACC or SEC or, or maybe it won't?
1: All right. A, a lot of them project out uh, at least a year, uh, most yeah. of them, I would say. Um, and then they, you know, if they project, if they if it comes to fruition earlier than that, it's just the icing on the cake. But, mm-hmm. you know, guys with his level of skill set, you know, you know, reasonable minds can agree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: certain And, you know, you look at uh, the different nuances of his game, you know, how quick he is. And, you know, you look at the the numbers and, you know, uh, how he's able to produce in different – in given situations against shifty or quicker guards. Sure. How, who's he defending? And that's the biggest thing on the pro level. Who right. are you going to guard? You right. know, you're gonna get blasted on the other end. Yeah, uh, you know, all the fundamentals ain't mean nothing if you're if your guy's dropping thirty on you. Right. So, um, you know, I think the best thing about the Global Academies is it highlights the best players and puts them all yeah. together. It's like, hey, these these are who they say are the best. It's almost like mm-hmm. peach, Jam, right? Mm-hmm. Like you go to peach jam. It's like, okay, cool, one stop shop. Okay, great. Right. So these are the best. Okay, cool. I'll pick from this this litter. And so I, that's that's the um that's the strength of the, the global academies yeah the best players go there
0: and i remember you talking when we were talking about dusty stromer a few weeks ago one of the things you talked about was that he made an all-star game all-star team yeah. at i believe the uh, the top 100 camp yes and so it's like not only did he make an all-star team here with right. other he made an all-star team with other top 100 players like yeah. that stands out more than like oh he made an all-star yeah. game at even like this aau thing or, or whatever right. it may be like that may not necessarily matter as much um you know there's a difference between being mr illinois or mr idaho for example you know it's just a difference in comparison of of who you played
1: yeah no i say that all the time a lot of people put um when we go to the mcdonald's all-american game Mm -hmm. um, every year it's usually the practices where we see who shines up but honestly Mm -hmm. i put a lot on the game too now there's no defense and stuff like that but um it, it's still the big stage it's still yeah, the bright course. light it's still national yeah. television if you can step out there that says a lot about your mentality you know sure. so i i it's not like i'm saying oh my did you see he dropped 25 the McDonald's all america well, nobody played no defense that's right. true yeah. and that's true they don't yeah but you know it's a mentality thing for me so i i put a few points on even mm-hmm. all-star settings because you know yeah. Uh, first of all, you made it. Then, if you shined in it, you're starring right. among stars. Yeah, we got to give you a, we got to give you a, a head nod for that
0: for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Second segment coming up. Jason and I are going to look at a few other prospects the Zags have expressed interest in, including a 2025 prospect. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. The app is crazy easy to use, and there's no catch. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every single week. That's part of why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using code LOCKED. All right, the next guy that I want to talk about, we're going to move on all the way to the class of 2025. I believe this is the first 2025 prospect that the Zags have been connected to. It is at least the first name that I have seen. That is Jeremiah Fierce from Juliet West High School in Illinois. Uh, he's the younger brother of Jeremy Fears, who is going to Michigan State. Uh, I know Michigan State has already showed interest here. It certainly seems like Tom Izzo would be quite happy to snatch up the pair here if he's capable of doing it. Uh, again, yeah. high school sophomore, long, long ways away, but this kid has gotten a ton of interest from yeah. high major programs outside of Michigan state. Pretty much the whole big 10 has showed some interest. Uh, I don't know how much you've seen this kid, but from what yeah. you have seen or, or what you know of him and his brother, like what, what kind of player is, is, is he going to yeah. be?
1: And a lot of people look at, you know, the projection of his brother and, you sure. know um, you know, a lot of times the the younger sibling uh, benefits from what yeah. the older sibling goes through and they, you know, they, they make the pivot where, where the, you know, to, to, to learn from different things mm-hmm. and of things like that. But, you know, he's tough. Jeremiah's tough. Um, super mm-hmm. shifty, great vision. He mm-hmm. almost could you put you in a, a old school Chris Paul mold. Oh yeah. Um, just because of his vision and his ability to dictate the tempo and control the pace. Mm-hmm. Um, but great vision. He scores on all three levels. He gets to his spots at will. And mm-hmm. what I like about him is, yeah, he's great. You know, most point guards are great in the open floor. um especially at the high level but a lot of them have trouble um switching it and uh, being patient in the half-court set but he seems to thrive in the Mm -hmm. half-court set as well um and so that's one of the things that i think would stand out to me and you know he's a high motor guy high energy guy and that's what you want from your point guard and then he has three years left to play at high school level which Mm -hmm. is crazy (laughs) um but it's actually not as crazy because I was watching Cooper Flag and Cameron Boozer. I was following them around Peace Jam because they're just that good. Yeah. You know? um, so when it's when it's to that level in the 2025 class, um, it makes sense. It makes a lot more sense.
0: It's funny you described, I I always love hearing your descriptions of prospects because I always jump to which Gonzaga players they most compare to. And I know that that's what many listeners do as well. And talking about point guards who are great at getting out in transition, but also can slow it down and run the half court offense. I mean, Andrew Nembhard was incredible. At Doing both of those things, I think he, he yeah. got so much attention for being a pick-and-roll expert and a mid-range scorer. But, right. he, I mean, if you watch, like, the Memphis game in the tournament last year, like, he crushed Memphis because of his ability to get out and transition. Like Yes, that he did. did. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and Hickman, we certainly hope, is going to be a similar player as well. So yeah. you talk about a guy like Jeremiah Fierce, like, being able to do both those things is so critical in Gonzaga's offense.
1: No, 100%. 100%. And he definitely fits that mold again. You know, he's got a long way to go, a lot of development. Mm-hmm. But you would imagine with a logical progression, he's only going to get better. Sure. So that's what, you know, guys like you guys mm-hmm. in Michigan State, I've, you know, has already offered. And sure. Um, yeah, I think that the it's more so the projection because he's dominant now. And they're like, oh, geez, he might be, <laughs> yeah, he might be top five in that class before it's all said and done. He's tough. He's tough. Mm-hmm.
0: When you're talking about players who have this far to go and you kind of, you kind of answered this a little bit already. And I know that the brother situation does make it a little bit different because you have a little bit more physical projection that you can potentially see because of something like that. But when you talk to coaches or when you yourself are out there evaluating, like how much different is it evaluating a 2023 versus 2025 at this stage? Like what, what do you look for differently? Is Is it a lot of size projection or is there more to it than that?
1: Yeah, there, it's a lot of size projection, but it's also um, so. For me, I, I look at stuff that that most people don't look like. I look at stuff. Given that, if you if if you're talented, okay, so I, I know you can do. You're probably going to score. It. I have all three levels, but you have to say if it, yeah. if, it, if it fits right because it's so cliche to say. But um, but I so I I try and look at things that, um, especially with younger players, like. Body language. I like that's a big thing for me because I see how it translates in huddles.
0: Mm-hmm. I see how
1: it translates uh, with coach interactions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd if it's, if it's, look at the player and say if he's a sulky type of guy, if he can take
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: criticism. Does the coach get on him? If right. he doesn't, I assume that's for a reason. Right. Um, and so I look at different things like that. Uh, whereas a 2023 guy, I look at body language too. But at that point, um, if the body language is off as a now rising senior then that's just right that's not good you know that's selling in and of itself Um, Uh and so but most kids are hip to that at this point um and especially on the bigger stages so Mm -hmm. um if if that is still an issue then then that's really telling and that's what a lot of college coaches tell me they don't even i mean okay Mm -hmm. you had fun but i'm looking at you in the huddle
0: right that makes sense Jason, one of the biggest talking points that has just come out recently uh, is the potential for the NBA and the NBA Players Association to, so they're looking at changing things on the CBA. One of the things they're potentially talking about is lowering the draft age from 19 to 18. Uh, The latest that I saw says that while they're thinking about that, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're planning to uh, eliminate the one and done rule, allow guys to go straight from the high school to the NBA. It certainly seems like that is the direction that things are headed though. I'm curious, again, this is a very, very new story that just broke, um, but I'm curious kind of what your thoughts are on the potential direction that the NBA might be headed here and how this would uh, obviously have a very significant impact on uh, college basketball and also just the players that you check out on a, on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I've talked to some, you know, uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, from nba guys and mm-hmm. uh, you know guys in the know is that it could potentially happen for the 2024 guys right so um you know i've talked to some 2024 players just to see where their minds are at with that the funny thing is i'm old enough to remember uh-huh. i was actually at i think the last draft class was 2005 or 2006
0: that sounds right yeah it
1: was amir johnson right uh-huh. um, I was at the NBA draft. I was at mm-hmm. ESPN the magazine as an intern mm-hmm. in 2004 when they had the the most high school players in that draft. That oh, wow. was uh, Dwight Howard and Sean Livingston and those mm-hmm. guys. Um and so um I I I remember that, right? So yeah. I, but these guys like especially the 2024 guys they're they're like, wow, you know, you they haven't lived that. They they had, they can't <laughs> point to when seeing – you know, that's so, they crazy. don't know anything but college, literally nothing. But people got to remember that. Like, these kids yeah. are too young to remember. That was 16 years ago, right? Yeah. So, most of these guys are 16, 17, right? <laughs> so, that is a, I, I, I just wonder how that will impact them not having uh, experienced that in any way, only, mm-hmm. you know, stories and different things. Like, they don't know any of those guys. Those are, they're old yeah. guys, you know, those old guys. Get them right. out of here, right? So, um, you know, most of these kids have grown up like, oh, I want to go to Gonzaga, um, I want to go to Duke, going to go to Carolina, you know? Yeah. They're like, oh, you want to go to the NBA? It's like, whoa, 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 you know? <laughs> and so then, you know, yeah, I mean, most most players have egos, right? Top ten, oh, yeah. especially, right? Um, and they have to. So I just wonder, we're it's going to be it's almost like the 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 NIL. We're going we're going to learn as we go. Yeah, right? sure. Um, and so. I just – I believe that – let's say it happens, right? I believe Mm -hmm. that top five players are probably going to take a look at it. Yeah. They're probably going to enter their name. The top five guys are probably going to enter – just know that. They're going to enter Mm -hmm. their name. Um, And I just hope it's not the top 15. I mean, because some of -hmm. – at this point, we really got to be honest. Yeah. You know, it's really just probably three, maybe three, depending on the class. Like Mm -hmm. 2023, all the NBA guys will tell you they – feel like it's a weaker class yeah uh, the 2023 draft class um but or you know so I, it just depends I, you know because if you look up and you're the number one player but it's mm-hmm. like but am i ready for the nba right you know but then you say well i was gonna go to the g League, So i was gonna be a pro anyway right so why not go be a pro in the nba and earn a lot of money Mm -hmm. You know, but then, and here's another, and I'm just throwing you different curveballs. But then, you know, back in when, and I say back in our day, it makes me sound so old. Back in our day, (laughs) when the high school guys went
0: to the
1: league, a lot of them would say, the cliche, I gotta help my family. Right. Family, right. Mm -hmm. Well, the pushback now is, well, you can help your family at Gonzaga.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know what
1: I'm saying? Like, we got Mm -hmm. you, there's a six figure. Certainly mm-hmm. a five-figure NIL deal on the table, we have multiple, you yeah. know, of those for you. So we can help your family yeah. in the year that you come here or the two years you come here. So it's not a money thing anymore with NIL. So mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting. This this one, this, uh, you know, if, they, if and when they change that rule, it, it'll mm-hmm. be different than it's ever been because now we got money in college. You can get that mm-hmm. money in college. You can get to the bag, obviously, in the NBA. That's uh, mm-hmm. more consistent, higher. Uh, salaries obviously through the roof, but right. you know, so it'll it'll be a lot of um a lot of things, variables that we've never seen before that are in play. So I I'm curious to see. I, I know that some people are going to make some really bad decisions. so it's yeah. just, yep. just going to happen. It's just going to happen.
0: The I, problem I
1: with on the collagen, not to cut you. The problem on the collagen, it's going to be the roster uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? Because I think they're going to probably give them till May. Yeah. Just think, you guys. Let's say you guys get Nas Cunningham, right? He mm-hmm. committed to Gonzaga in November, right? Mm-hmm. And so now, and he's gonna be a guy that's gonna yeah. look at. That's a fact. Yeah, he. I mean, he's going to look at the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um. So then he's gonna say, "Well, I'm gonna test it out." Now bro. you're like, go, "Oh God, <laughs> like, exactly. bro, you coming or not?" You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're supposed to be doing summer workouts right now. You just you got my head blowing up, and so. Yeah. I just want all the coaches to start investing in Excedrin and Advil because they it's going to
0: be rough. As if Mark Few needs more of that because they already oh, had the challenges with three guys potentially going to the NBA last year. I can't imagine having that same situation with Timmy and Strother and Rasir Bolton, and also having yeah. like a high-level incoming guy who may or may not go to the like. That's just right. such, a, such a disaster.
1: Well, just think about it from you guys' perspective. This yeah. rules in place, Jalen's not coming, Chad yeah. is not coming. Those for two are sure. not, they never play for you. You know what I'm saying? Cast, yeah. so that, that's the unfortunate part because mm-hmm. from that point on, those guys are not coming. They're not yeah. coming. You know, top five, they're not coming. Really, top eight to ten, they're probably this is where the bad decisions are gonna come in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. top five, I get I get top five.
0: Yeah. I yeah. get it. You look at last uh, year's group, I mean. There's three freshmen who went really, really early. I don't think any of those three guys would have gone to college. Palo Bancaro, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren. Yeah. You, yeah. We could have arguments all day long about whether any of those guys should have then gone to college. Certainly people yeah. feel that Chet Holmgren still isn't ready, which is – inaccurate. I think the only one who physically, without a doubt, unquestionably looks ready to go is Paolo Bancaro, who's just built like an absolute freak. Um, not yeah. a lot of 18 year olds look like that. So that's part yeah. of it. But, but yeah, it makes you wonder like how, yeah, like you said, guys are going to make mistakes. And I wonder like, because the NBA has this relationship with the G league, because there is the ability, like some guys are probably going to think, well, I could go straight to the G League or I could go to the draft, get drafted. If things don't work out, I'll get sent to the G League. I'll play down there. I wonder how much that thought process is going to be out there and then how much that's actually going to have an impact. Because if you go to the NBA, you are maybe, let's say, a, a late lottery or even a mid first round pick as a high school kid. You get sent down to the G League all of a sudden you have this pressure, you have this like weight of expectation on you. You only have a couple of years on your rookie contract. Yeah. Whereas if you go straight to the G League or if you go to college, people are going to point to the Jaden Ivey stories of guys who blow up yeah. as sophomores and explode their draft stock. Right. Here in Spokane, everybody's hoping Hunter Salas is going to have the same story. It certainly right. seems plausible. Uh, and and I can understand why you'd look at that story and think that's much better than spending your first two years as an NBA player, you know, split between the G League and and feeling like the fan base is mad at you, which is definitely going to be something yeah. that we're going to see that happen. And I wonder how much that will impact people's decisions.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, all those It's going to be it's lot, going to be interesting I mean, for yeah, sure,
0: it, for sure. And and we're talking gonna about be like yeah, yeah the NIL thing. Get...
1: In play, man. It's it's going to be it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild.
0: Yeah. It's going to be absolutely wild, and I think the NIL thing throws such a wrench into it. Oscar Shibwe, great story with him, how much money he has raised for himself and for his family by using NIL, a guy who 30 years ago would probably be a very, very good NBA player already because the league liked guys like that. They don't really like guys like that anymore, so he's back. Armando Bacot's back. Of course, Timmy's back. Those guys are making big money. Certainly, if you're that kind of high school prospect, it might make some sense to go to college. But the appeal of going straight to the NBA, pretty darn hard to ignore.
1: That's true. Very true. Very true. And, you know, and, you know, at the end of the day, it really boils down to um, who's advising you. Yeah. You know, and so I, you know, my experience is that (laughs) most people are not realistic. Yeah, sure. With the elite players. They're not. Yeah. um, and so that's why I'm confident some bad decisions are Yeah, it's going to be a lot
0: of cautionary tales. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. Once again, a fantastic conversation as always looking forward to chatting again soon about some more Gonzaga prospects. Looking forward to it, man.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. That is going to do it for me today. Thanks again to Jason Jordan, as always for coming on the show, giving us some more information about the upcoming Gonzaga recruits that they are looking at. Don't forget to check out my new website for more written content at scorezagscore.com and look out for more fun stuff coming later this week, right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts available on YouTube as well. Go hit that subscribe button. If you haven't done so yet, Trying and get to a thousand subscribers before Gonzaga tips off the season against North Florida in early November. We are very close. So if you have not done so yet, just go hit that subscribe button. And finally, thank you again to all of you who have made Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. Locked On WCC doesn't exist yet, but you can get more informed on the West Coast happenings by making Locked On Pac-12 your second listen of the day. Host Spencer McLaughlin and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes, five times per week. All right. Thank you all for listening and go Zags.